Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of I'm Not Gonna Hold You, man. Of course, I'm your host, Scott. You know to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Barbchair Scott. Follow HB Media, HB Media TV on Twitter and HB Media on Instagram. Follow the Barbershare Network at Barbershare Net on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barbershare Network. It's your $5 summer sessions package. $5.79 the Hallis package. And of course, if you want everything, uh, sign up for the $10 Barber's Chair All Access Package. We appreciate everybody who is a loyal subscriber, man. I want to give a big shout out to all 50 of y'all who donated money to the 79th and Hallis NFL Draft Fund. Uh, we're going to keep it up till uh, Friday. Um, you know, we've, we've got a lot of good donations, man. We pretty much got most of the stuff we need for the trip next week. So expect a lot of good content coming from 79th and Hallis covering this whole draft thing, man. We couldn't be able to do this without y'all, without y'all's support. And if you want to support, if you haven't already, if you want to support, the link will be in the description box on uh, this episode. And also, uh, we're going to, you know, keep it up till Friday. So, you know, any type of help. And if it's not money, any type of retweet, uh, post, any type of thing of that nature can help us uh, tremendously, man. So we appreciate it. Uh, let's get right into it, man. Let's uh, let's talk about the sound off, man. We got a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of NBA playoff action uh, kicking off. Uh, just to let y'all know, we're recording this on a Wednesday on a 420. Uh, shout out to all the smokers out there. Uh, and, of course, uh, this will be dropping on 421. So I will not be talking about, uh, you know, Boston, uh, Brooklyn. You know, I won't be talking about any of the games that happened last night by the time you hear this, man. So we're just going to go over the stuff that's been going over the last couple of days. But before we get into the NBA playoffs, I want to talk about uh, the NFL. The NFL, once again, craziest offseason I've ever seen, man. A lot of major player movement, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of wide receivers, a whole bunch of things going on. And we've got a new player in the arena, man, Mr. Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. There's been a big conversation the last couple of weeks going on about what's going on with his contract extension. Are they going to pay him? And we thought it was the Niners who didn't want to pay him, but come to find out, it was uh, Debo who didn't want to, uh, you know, be with the 49ers anymore. Why the reason is for that, we have no idea, but he officially requested a trade on Wednesday morning. Uh, and I, 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 I like it, man. It's, it's this new era of NFL we're in right now. It adds a little spice, uh, to the draft week. We're officially in draft week, man. We you know a week away from the NFL draft, and it brings a little, you know, excitement to it. I feel like there's going to be a lot of suitors who wants Debo. Debo is one of the most, you know, multi-dimensional players in the NFL. I mean, he can be a deep threat wide receiver. He can play running back. The dude really is a Swiss Army knife. He can do whatever he wants out there. And he had a great postseason this year. Of course, want to be one of the main reasons why the Niners even played in the NFC Championship game this year. So he's going to command a big, uh, you know, package, you know, kind of similar to what the Raiders had to give up to get Devontae and what uh, the Dolphins had to give up to get Tyreek Hill. So I think he'll definitely be in there and his extension will be worth a lot of money too. But I want to focus on right here is like, you know, all this, this player empowerment we've seen going on in the NFL right now. And I really feel like certain contracts have fucked the market up a little bit. You know, we look at, you know, Deshaun Watson's contract. I think that's going to be the, the, the standard you know, for what teams, what quarterbacks are going to want from their teams. And as you see with Kyler Murray and the situation he's going through with the Cardinals, we see, you know, waiting to see what type of number that Lamar Jackson is going to want from the Baltimore Ravens. We're also seeing that's going to be a couple of young quarterbacks who's coming up. This might be a situation a year from now with Joe Burrow. You know, Josh Allen already got his contract, but, you know, it's going to be things we're starting to see. But in the wide receiver poll, I feel like, you know, uh, that Christian Kirk contract fucked everything up like if you have a guy like they no disrespect to christian kirk which is a funny phrase no disrespect because every time somebody says no disrespect that means we finna fucking disrespect but anyway his he's not he's not a he's not a every he's not he's not a prime time player you know what i'm saying in, in the words of uh santana moss prime time players make big time plays he's not one of them type of guys so if he's getting that amount of money you damn well can expect that the prime time players the superstars of that position 
are going to want that money. They're going to want the massive deals, which is what we saw that uh, Devontae Adams and what uh, Tyreek Hill got. And Debo is no, is no different. He deserves that kind of money. He's going to get that kind of money. Now, I do think he would not be going to an NFC team. I see no way how the Niners trade him in conference, especially their team that they're still built to compete. It's not like they're rebuilding or something. So why give them to like a Green Bay, you know, or, 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 or uh, Dallas or something like that? I think when he gets traded, that is going to be to an AFC team. And I had somebody tweet me today. He's like, well, the uh, the um, the um Chiefs traded Tyreek to the Dolphins. Yeah, they were going to trade either to the Dolphins or the Jets, a.k.a. two fucking teams that they don't have to worry about. You know what I'm saying? They're not worried about them when in their chase to get through the AFC to make it back to the Super Bowl. It's that they're not going to be trading them to a team that's worth a damn. So I do think it brings some intrigue. I think he's going to get a, a lot of picks. I think there's teams you got to watch out for, probably be the Jets. The Jets were, you know, really close in that Tyreek deal. And the only thing to really stop was Tyreek didn't want to go to New York, but they had a good package for him. I think the Chiefs are going to get involved, you know, because with the Tyreek Hill situation, it wasn't that they didn't want to pay Tyreek. I think they offered him a lot of money. He just wanted to go. So I think they're going to get their hands into that. And, you know, there's always like a wild card team. You know, we heard earlier uh, from, uh, you know, Tom Pelissero that the Colts have plans to get involved. Of course, they've got uh, Matt Ryan over there now. They're going to try to get him an impact player, you know, to add with a Jonathan Taylor. I think that would be real fun. So it's going to be real exciting to see how this is going to heat up over the next week. I'm looking forward to being in Vegas, you know, being around all this and seeing what goes down. So just another notch in the crazy offseason of the NFL, man. We all here talking about the NBA playoffs in the middle of the NBA playoffs. You know, boom, another NFL bomb, man. So that's just pretty much what it is, man. The shield never loses, man. So let's get into our rundown. Let's get into our rundown. NBA playoffs, man. We're, we're about, you know, at, by the time you're watching this, we'll be five days into the playoffs. But as I'm recording this, we're four days into the playoffs. It's been a lot of good basketball, man. A lot of uh, individual performances have been great. It's been great seeing, the, you know, the kind of the changing of the guard. And by the way, we'll have the homie Cass from MSG Networks. He will be joining me later in the show. We're going to get his take on everything going on with the NBA, too. Uh, but it's been good seeing all this young talent, you know, the change in the guard going on right now. Um, you know, and kind of looking you know, at guys like LeBron and Steph, like the elder statesman now. You know, you LeBron's not in the, you know, I said Steph and LeBron. Steph and KD are the uh, elder statesman now. You know, LeBron is out the postseason, not in the postseason. And so you're kind of seeing a little bit of change. You got all these young guys. You got the Anthony Edwards who had to put up a magnificent performance in game one. You know, you got the John Morantz and you got, you know, all these guys who are putting in numbers, Jason Tatum. And it kind of feels like, you know, you're seeing a new era in the NBA, you know, take hold on that playoff stage, man. It's just been something that's been interesting to watch. But as more, as much, you know, as much as uh, things change, things always change, stay the same, man. That's what I want to talk about with the Golden State Warriors. Warriors are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the, the rumors of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. As the guys are back, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and they've got a new member in the fold, Mr. Jordan Poole. Everybody's been coming up with nicknames to what to nickname, you know, to call these guys. What's the new name? Was from being the Splash Brothers to what they are now? And there's been a lot of whack ass names out there, you know. But I'm gonna tell y'all a name I got. I'm going to call them Splash La Familia. That's why I'm going to give the big three name of Jordan Poole, uh, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. This is no longer the Splash Brothers. It's the Splash, Splash Family. We're going to call it Splash La Familia, man. They had an amazing performance in game two. I mean, Jordan Poole has been phenomenal these first two games in general. He's the first Warrior to have over 30 points in each of his first two playoff games since Wilt fucking Chamberlain. Now, it depends on what, what, what fits you on the Wilt on Will Chamberlain debate. I think Wilt Chamberlain is one of the biggest lies of all time, in and off the court, on and off the court. But that's a whole different debate for another day. But anytime you're put in that type of list of Wilt, you're doing some great things, man. But this is this is a team where, like, you know, matchups are everything for Denver, and it's just it's very unfortunate for Denver that they just run into this type of team. You know, and, I, and you got to give hats off to Jokic. And I know a lot of people killing Jokic out there, mainly Sixer fans, and I get to y'all motherfuckers later in the show. But he's really out there by his fucking self, dog. I mean, the fact he was able to win 48 wins, have 48 wins with, the, with, you know, with the talent he had, you know, with the injuries to Jamal Murray and to Michael Porter Jr. for him to even get 48 wins and avoid the play-in, I think he's my MVP. That's why I'll give the MVP to. That, to me, alone is impressive as it is. 
but he's just running to a buzzsaw, man. This Warriors team that a lot of people ready to throw dirt on, man. And I know it's been an up and down season for them because of injuries. You know, Draymond missed a great amount of time. Clay missed a great amount of time. Steph missed the last month and a half of the season. And they were still able to get the 3 3 C. There's no doubt that if this team was healthy all year, they'd have probably been the one seed or the two seed. Uh, with it as you know, as uh, you know, deep as they are, they're easily a 16 team. And now they're out there, like this is kind of like a, a warm up round for them as they get ready for you know, probably going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. No disrespect to uh, Minnesota, but we all know eventually what's gonna happen in that series. This is this, is, you know, this is just a tune up for that, and, you know, having Steph come off the bench. And it's kind of been like a spark, and I really love how uh, Steve Kerr has really, like, you know, weighed his minutes out. You know, coming in the last six minutes of each quarter has allowed him to be an impact, impact parts of the game and also not getting him too far over his minutes limit as he works back from that injury. So that's been cool to see. But just overall, I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, man, I got it right here. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been really good defensively. You know, he put up points, 13 points, eight rebounds, uh, you know, two assists. They, they're good on numbers-wise, but if you look at a Andrew Wiggins' defense, he's really, really been the key. Even Draymond pointed out that they wouldn't have won these first two games without him. He's been big. You know, on the offensive side, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole, 29 points. You know, 5 of 10 for 3, 10 for 16 from the field overall. And the one thing I love about this kid is he has no fear. You know, you have that thing of, you know, your first playoff game, how are you going to react to it? You know, being in this situation, especially with a team who is trying to win the NBA championship. This is not like a team that's like, you know, like the Timberwolves where they're just trying to get their feet wet. There's expectations in the Bay Area every year with this core, and this is their first year. Really, the first time we've gotten this in three years, you know, because of, you know, COVID and the pandemic and all the injuries that these guys have been dealing with. It's good to see all of them. So the, the expectation is this. So Jordan Poole to step in and have the impact he's had and to not not be fearful and putting up these shots and his plan, you know, good all around the court is just adding to it. And you got Stephen Curry. I mean, there's really nothing much else to say about stuff that ain't been said about this dude. I mean, he's just incredible. He's once in a generation player. 34 points coming off the fucking bench. I mean, come on. Well, what else do you fucking need? And this is something where this Warrior team – and, you know, I had in you know my pregame, my, my uh, playoff prediction episode, I had Suns Bucks just because I didn't know how the Warriors were going to look, you know, with, you know, post-injury. And they look good now. And I'm not trying to put too much dip on my chip. This is Denver. They're injured. You know, it's just a bad matchup for them, so I can't put too much on it. I don't want to say, oh, this automatically puts them in the finals. But if there's any team, they're, 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 they're the only team that you really can trust because they've done it so many fucking times. And – if Steph Curry gets this number four, if he gets that finals MVP trophy that everybody talks about, which is the most overrated award in, in basketball, but whatever. You have a little com you might have a little conversation we have to stay, but on this area, on this, on this particular subject, on this particular series, I love what I'm saying. They're just clicking it all cylinder. Now they go to Denver. Um and I don't know how much is going to change. I think Jokic have a bigger game, even though Draymond Green has been uh, doing a tremendous job guarding Joker. I mean, he's had Joker in hell. He's had Joker, you know, kind of coming out of his, uh, you know, not doing stuff he doesn't normally do. I mean, he got ejected. He's been arguing with the refs more. He's just really, really upset. And that tells you just how good of a defender Draymond Green is. And it's been a while before we've seen, since we've seen what those avalanche Warriors runs. Like the first half was pretty much back and forth. I mean, it was a point even there where uh, Denver had a double digit lead and then just stepping and Jordan Poole, and everybody just went on fire. And it was just one of them old-school, patented Warriors runs that just demoralizes you to the point where you had Nuggets arguing fighting with themselves. We saw that uh, back and forth between uh, Will Barton and, and Boogie Cousins that went on really for the rest of the second half. When you get players arguing with each other on their own team, you know they're getting in the head, man. So the Warriors are doing their thing. I love where they're going with this, and it's just fun to see that see them guys back. I feel like if you hate the Warriors, unless you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan, which I understand, you probably had mad PTSD watching those last couple games. I don't understand how you can't how you hate this form of basketball. It's fun. And, and, you know, and I've never seen that big of an entertaining blowout in my life. And it's just really entertaining to see. And it's glad to have the Warriors back. So shout out to Splash La Familia. When y'all use that net that nickname and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see it, make sure you give your boys credit, man.
All right, let's get into the rundown for the day, man. I want to start off with winning time. We want to talk about this before we get into the playoffs. Of course, winning time is number one show on HBO Max right now. Of course, the series about the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers Showtime team uh, based off the book written by uh, Jeff Perlman. Uh, and it's about, you know, the whole little era of magic and, you know, Kareem and, you know, the team put together by Jerry West, Pat Riley, all that thing. So, and by the way, if you want to get uh, my personal thoughts on the show, we have an episode breakdown uh, series on Cinema with the Guys, which is our movie TV review show on the Barber's Chair Network Patreon. Of course, subscribe to that patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network. Subscribe to the $10 package if you want to hear me and homie Dante break down each episode of this series and more. But uh, it is the number one rated show on HBO, and it's been getting a lot of backlash over the last week or two, you know, from former Laker greats like Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson and, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, former trainers like Gary Vitti, you know, who was an extra on the show and actually stopped because he didn't like how Jerry West was being portrayed. Now, this is a thing where I understand why these guys would be a little bit upset. No, I, it's easy for me to say get over it when there's not a TV show made over my life or, you know, uh, you know, a time in my career. I get it. And these guys are still alive. Like usually when you see, you know, shows like this and movies like this, the people who are no longer with us. All these people are, are alive. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. But at the same time, this is a dramatization of, of what's going on. It says that at the beginning of every episode, you know, certain events, you know, have been dramatized for TV. This has been said repeatedly uh at each episode and it's also coming from the book that was heavily fucking sourced so it's not like a lot of this shit was made up a lot of this shit really really fucking happened you know and i don't think that you know them talking about it is actually going to have the opposite effect from what they really want you know this is just going to get people want to watch the show more it's going to bring more publicity to the show more and if i'm adam mckay i'm sitting back with a big ass dumb ass smile on my face like yeah keep talking about my show and you know i know that you know uh, Jerry West, you know, you know, had his lawyer send something to HBO about, you know, they want an apology and they want certain certain stuff to be uh, brought back and things of that nature. My my words, to them is good luck. If you don't think HBO prepared for backlash like this, if you don't think they had the lawyers ready, I don't know to tell you. They're gonna be ready for this, and there's nothing gonna happen. I already got re-upped for season two, and we looked at certain things like this of what was going on. A lot of this shit actually fucking happened. Now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he made a like a long blog post about it. He said he, you know, he watched it and he wasn't going to watch it. But since people talking about he watched it and he said it was bad writing. Now, look, Kareem, you can say I sit up here and say that you didn't like it or it's not true or it's false, like whatever. That's fine. But it's not bad writing. And I knew where he was going when he said, don't look up another Adam McKay uh, project was bad writing, too. And it's just like you're just upset. And that's fine. But something these guys are really just having a problem looking at themselves in the mirror. Now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he's one of the smartest men of all time. He's brilliant, not taking anything away from that. And he's one of the greatest players of all time. When it comes to the GOAT conversation, I think that people should be talking about Kareem, you know, as much as they do Michael. It's actually kind of a shame that they don't talk about it. So I give him his credit that. But I've met Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And let's just say he's not the nicest guy on planet Earth. So I'm going to say that a lot of this stuff I saw on this show, not just from my personal run-ins with with other people I know, it's not far off from what it really is. You know what I'm saying? That just is what it is. Now, Jerry West, maybe his play was, his, uh, you know, his um character was a little played up for TV. Maybe. I've never met young Jerry West. So I can't tell you what he was like in the 70s, 80s. I know Jerry West now is a nicer guy. He's cool to me every time I see him. But you know what's the thing they say? You ever met old people? Who we like, oh, well, he's way nicer now than he was back in the day. So who knows? Maybe he was this guy that he's portrayed in the show. And the, the, the funniest thing out of all of this shit is Magic being upset. Now, I know Magic has this brand of a tech. He's Magic Johnson. You know, there's people out there. I mean, I've never seen, you know, Magic Johnson hoop in real time. You know, Magic, when Magic retired, you know, for the first time in 1991, I was three fucking years old. So everything I've seen from Magic Playwise has been through YouTube or watching old, you know, games on NBA TV and things of that nature. So there's kids out here who ain't even seen that. And they who know who the hell Magic Johnson is. So I understand Magic got a brand to protect. And more importantly, he's got his own documentary series coming out at the end of the week called They Call Me Magic on Apple TV Plus, which I'm looking forward to seeing anyway. But if we know the history of Magic Johnson, 
this type of shit actually fucking happened. I mean, and I hate to say it this way. I don't mean for it to come off this way. But there's a but there's a reason he got you know with the whole HIV thing. It's not because he was you know just you know it's not sleeping with anybody on fucking planet Earth. We know there was a, a way that that happened, and there's interviews of himself. You know the the infamous poolside interview, you know on ABC where he's talking about sleeping with eight nine women at the same time. None of this shit is made up, bro. He just has a hard time facing this shit and looking in the fucking mirror. That's all it comes down to. And so I'm I'm not. I, you know, it's easy for me to say. I'm not them. I'm not the guy who had to watch relive their life on TV and maybe a way I don't want it to be put out there on TV. But it's not like HBO, Adam McKay, you know, you know, Pearlman, Jeff Pearlman, none of them actually didn't reach out to them. They all reached out to to have their input on the show and none of them wanted point on. So at that point, when you were asked for your endpoint, you can't get mad about what somebody says after that. And it's fucking TV, man. It's TV. And if you if their job is to get people to stop watching one time, the opposite is about to happen. It's already on board rating. It's going to get even more rated now. So I don't really know what they expect to happen for this. You know, we don't see Norm Nixon complaining about it. I think his son is doing a phenomenal job covering him. And it's just like, let it go, man. Let it go. It is what it is. Uh, the, the, the stories are out there. And it just, you know, it is what it is at this point. I think it's entertaining. I think it's a great TV show. I look forward to it every week. But, you know, they just got to just gotta let it go, man. So that's that's all I got to say on that. But let's get into the playoffs, man. And uh, later on the show, I'll be joined by the homie Kaz of MSG Networks. We'll talk to him a lot of stuff about what's going on in the NBA also and get his take on the whole Debo Samuel thing as well. But we're a couple days into the NBA playoffs. Of course, I will not be going over any games that happen on Wednesday night. Because I am recording this in the afternoon on Wednesday. So by the time, you know, I'm doing this before uh, everything goes on. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. We'll talk about the series that happened on Monday and Tuesday and get y'all ready for the game that's going to happen tonight on Thursday. Let's talk about, you know, everything that's going on in the NBA. You know, all this young talent. This has been one of the most intriguing playoffs, you know, on paper. And just even the first couple of days, we've got a lot of great games, a lot of great performances, individual performances from a lot of these young dudes on this team. You know, in this league, you know, from Anthony Edwards to Jason Tatum to John Morant, you know, and, you know, Brandon Ingram. We're seeing this stuff every night. And it's kind of like a change in the guard in the NBA right now. You know, you've got LeBron James, who's the biggest superstar on planet Earth. He's not in the playoffs. You've got Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. They're like the elder statesmen right now in the NBA. And you're seeing all these young dudes trying to step up, trying to stake their claim. And it's real interesting to watch. But the more things change, the more things stay the same. And that's why I'm going to talk about the Golden State Warriors are back. They're up 2-0 in their first round series against the Denver Nuggets. And this is a thing to me where it's like the Warriors are back. You know, they've got a new member to the Splash family, Mr. Jordan Poole, who's put up 30-plus points in both of his games. He's only second in most points scored in their first two playoff games in Warrior history to Will Chamberlain. Now, if you're a guy like myself who feels like a lot of Will Chamberlain shit is capped on and off in court, then whatever. But on a real tip, you, you know, anytime you're in that conversation with him or Michael Jordan or anything like that, you're doing the right thing, especially for a kid. This is first postseason. A lot of people come out, they get scared. They don't play the right way. You know, they come out here and they, they don't really know how to adjust to the situation. So, for him to come out there and to just add to what they already have there has been phenomenal. We see a lot of trash nicknames out here that everybody's trying to figure out what to name this new team, you know, what to name the new death lineup. You know, you see a lot of names out there. You know, I think the best death lineup that I've named up that I've seen has been Fast Five, which has been kind of cool. I like that one. But a lot of them been trash. Now, if we're talking about what we should be called the new Splash Brother trio. I'm going with Splash La Familia. Now, if any of y'all any of y'all like that, make sure you give me my fucking credit for when you use it. I've been holding y'all down with nicknames for a while now, so y'all give me credit on this one. But it's the new Splash family, man, with everything that's been going on here. And what I love about Jordan Poole's game, he's kind of like a mesh of what you're getting from Steph and Clay. The dude has no fear, and he's like the perfect complement to these two. And this is not – I'm not comparing him to Kevin Durant. Obviously, he's not Kevin Durant. But I kind of feel like he fits a little bit better with the way he moves with the basketball, how much of a compliment he is to those two without taking away from the things that those two do best. And this has been a series where, you know, it's unfortunate for Denver because it's just a bad matchup. You know, this would be a bad matchup for them even if they were healthy. Let's be real. Like, if you have Jamal Murray in game two, 
they don't get their doors kicked off them, but they still lose that fucking game. It's just a bad match. Aaron Gordon has got to be one of the biggest wastes of space in the NBA. Like, he's just there. He does nothing of importance, you know, and Joker is out there getting his ass beat. And I see a lot of y'all putting bad takes out there. And I really feel like this situation right here is why all the uh, regular season awards should be announced, you know, right after the regular season. Announce them doing a play-in because we have a lot of idiots out there who want to say, this is your MVP? Not thinking that this is a regular season award. It has nothing to do with the playoffs. Nothing to do with the playoffs. So it's like, you know, it's something that it just doesn't make any sense to me as far as, you know, how they are talking about all the conversation that's going on. He's just really out there on the line island right now. He's being guarded well by uh, Draymond Green. And this is really kind of like a tune-up series for Golden State. This is something where uh, they're just really trying to get ready for possibly they're going to face uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. This is no disrespect to, uh, you know, uh, Minnesota, but it just is what it is at this point. And, you know, to have Steph Curry come off the bench and to have Jordan Poole just really be able to hold it down while everything is going on is just it's the best thing for them. So when they do play Memphis, they'll be informed, ready to go. And so I'm not going to put too much different my chip and say, oh, the Warriors are going to the finals, you know, just because it's a bad matchup. But it's it, it looking kind of scary for people right now. This is the last thing you want for, like, them to come out the grave on some Undertaker shit. Because a lot of people saying they're done. They're never going to win a championship again. They're never going to be good again. That or Their era is over. This reminds me a lot of the San Antonio Spurs when they added Kawhi to the fold, when it was still Manu, TP, and Tim Duncan, and they just added Kawhi, adding like a new level to it. And we saw like that 2014 Spurs team play some of the most beautiful basketball I've ever seen in my life. And this, I kind of feels like going to be the same way for the Warriors and they're playing defense. And I want to give my hats off to Andrew Wiggins. As y'all know, if y'all watch this show or any podcast I've been on or anytime I've been on Hoops and Brews, I'm not an Andrew Wiggins guy. But defensively, what he's done in these first two games has been incredible. And it's helped this team out tremendously. And just that closing lineup of them five, of Steph, of Poole, of Clay, and Wiggins, and, and Draymond, it's really, really hard to combat that. You know, especially if you're Denver. And it's just something fun to watch, man. That's probably the most entertaining blowout I've ever seen. And it's just good to see that trio be that good again. And unless you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan, now I know you probably had your PTSD flaring up. I don't know how anybody didn't enjoy that. It was just real fun to see. So uh, really interested to see how that's going to happen. You know, getting, getting into game three. You know, we'll be back at home. You know, a crowd in Denver for the first time because Denver didn't have a crowd last year because of the pandemic. Overall, I think this is five games max, like I originally predicted, man. So uh, let's go on to the other Western Conference series. We're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a series I picked Memphis in six last week on my playoff preview episode. Right now, we are tied 1-1. Game three will be tonight at the Target Center in Minnesota. I I can pretty much expect it's going to be busting. This is the first time they had a playoff game out there in a minute. And... I just got to give my hats off to all the uh, the crowds out here, man. All the crowds. It's been fun to watch. And it's been something where it's like, I can't believe we went this long without uh, playoff basketball. You know, just playoffs in general with crowds and just how whack it was in the bubble. And, you know, and when it had no crowds and things of that nature. All these crowds from the playing today have just been on another fucking level. So I, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in Minnesota. But, uh Anthony Edwards had an amazing game one. Conley Towns had an amazing game one. They went out there and stole game one on Saturday. Game two, I was talking a lot of shit on uh, the Instagram, you know, posting the Jordan uh, video from the last dance from smoking a cigar, waving the bat, you know, wondering, you know, saying that, you know, you know, it's just one game. Who cares? Why am I supposed to be mad about one game? And, you know, and, and I was like, okay, you got to back it up now. And boy, did he back it up. He almost had a triple-double in this game. He went out there and had 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 10 assists. was just great all over the field. And, you know, got a great game from Jaron Jackson Jr., who really got hold by Carly Towns in the first game, and really in the first half of this one, too. But he had a really good game, 16.7 rebounds. Uh, and they just had a real good effort from their bench. Bench was in double digits. And it was, just, it was, it was a beatdown. Let's just call it like it was. It was a beatdown. They got the ass whooped. And they really kind of like, okay, this series has begun. 
Now, if you're Minnesota, you should. I mean, of course, you don't want to get blown out. You never want to lose games, especially in the playoffs. But I wouldn't hang my head. You know, uh, this is the thing where Anthony Edwards did not have the performance he had last time. You know, had 20 points, but was not really impactful. You know, went 4 of 10 from the three-point line. Carl Anthony Towns is in foul trouble once again. Did not have a master game. But what we saw this week was, you know, this game compared to, you know, what happened in game one with Malik Beasley was, was nowhere uh, to be found in, in this game, man. And McDaniels was nowhere to be found. And those two really put the pressure on Memphis in game one and kind of helped Minnesota get that win. So I think once they get home, role players play better in front of their home crowd. They did what they're supposed to do, tie it up, and now they get home and go home and try to take care of business. The thing for a minute for Memphis now, you know, because I feel like everybody, when we talk about this matchup, you know, because of how great of a season that Memphis had, I think people treat Memphis like they're a veteran team and they're not. Memphis has just as much proven the playoffs as Minnesota does. They ain't won a playoff series yet. So this is to me, it's like now we got to see, do they have the killer instinct? Can they go to Minnesota and put their foot on their necks and come out of there with 3-1 lead and close the series up back in Memphis? Or is this going to be a back and forth? It's time to see that what kind of team that Memphis is made out of, and that's going to be real interesting to see. But I got to get my hats off to Ja. He 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 went out there and performed. If you're going to talk shit, and I love people who talk shit, if you're going to talk shit, especially in the playoffs, you have to back it up. And I'm really interested to see what this team is going to do because Memphis is a real interesting team. You know, they're, they're, if they win this series, they're going to have to play Golden State, which is a team that, you know, even though they'll have home, field, home court advantage, it's a veteran team. And they will be the underdog in that series. So right now, they did not let up, put their foot on the gas, and make sure they get rid of Minnesota. You don't want a long series because it looks like that Golden State-Denver series is going to be over probably by the end of the fucking week. And that's going to give them another week to 10 days to relax. But Steph, to heal that ankle up, I mean, heal that foot up, you don't want that. You don't want the series to linger any longer than it needs to be. They need to go out there and put their foot on their necks, man. So I'm interested to see, you know, what's going to happen with that one, man. So shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, let's go to the other series. Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. And I just want to say about this, man. I'm sick and tired of talking about the fucking Utah Jazz. I'm tired of them. I'm tired. They are the most unserious playoff organization over the last couple of years. You know, a lot of y'all compare Donovan Mitchell to uh, Dwayne Wade. And I'm just like, there's got to be two different D-Ways we're talking about. He is one. He, he gets away with go to hell ball a lot. I feel like Donovan saw DeMar DeRozan's game one performance. It's like, all right, bet. Watch what I do. 10 for 30. And I'm just tired of the whole fucking team. I, I, I am. I, I'm not going to, you know, shy against. I'm rooting against them to lose. Break that shit up. Send Rudy Gobert somewhere else. They act like he's not on a fucking team. They give him no type of, uh, you know, attention when he's in the game. I think he had like four actual field goal attempts in game one. And it's just, it's just a mess. They don't look like they like each other. Donovan's coming down the court, not looking at nobody else. And they out here in a 1-1 series against the Dallas Mavericks with no Luka Dantich. It That doesn't make any sense to me. You're supposed to put your foot on the gas. You're supposed to be up 2-0, coming home, getting ready to put a sweep on. It just makes no fucking sense. And I got to give some love over to the Dallas Mavericks. Jalen Brunson was is a hooper. Jalen Brunson with 41 points. You know, that team was hitting three-pointers all over the court. And then now they're opening the door for Luka to return. Now, I will say this about Luka returning. There is optimism, Wolves tweeted, about him playing in game three or game four. I think that the Mavericks are playing with fire. I get you want to win this series. You know, it's the first time that they've had this good of a winning season since they won a championship in 2011. I get all that. But Luka is young. Luka is your franchise. You think about the next 10 years, not just this series. I mean, nobody's picking the Mavericks to win a championship this year. And calf injury, calf strains are something you don't want to play with. We saw with KD just three years ago with the calf strain that kept him out of majority of the playoffs in the 2019 season. And that eventually led to him carrying his Achilles. You don't want that to happen. So, I wouldn't play him unless they're absolutely sure that he's ready to go and there won't be any risk to any further damage. Now, I don't know if they're going to get that, uh, you know, that feel, you know, because it has been two weeks since the last time he played. But if you're the Jazz, this guy put a little fear in your heart. Just Luca's presence on the court is going to fuck them up. And now you got this in a position where they can split this, get one of these two games in Utah, come back home in a 2-2 series. 
now 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 they can put the now they can really get them you know shoot them out of their misery man so i don't really know what more you can expect from luca but it's gonna be really interesting to see if he plays and if he does how much he can contribute i'm tired of utah jazz go the fuck away man go away go send go bear off somewhere and do some other shit man because I'm, I'm i'm tired of it i'm tired of it i don't want to hear it no more um let's go to the east real quick uh eastern conference miami heat number one seed miami heat are up 2-0 on the Atlanta Hawks heading back to Atlanta. This has just been like kind of like a defensive masterclass we've been seeing from the Miami Heat in these first two games. Really all season, as this team is a peak Pat Riley team, they're going to kick your ass. You know, they might not be the best offensive team, but they're going to make sure you feel every bucket you get, a feel every time you touch the basketball. And I haven't seen Trey Young be guarded this well ever. I mean, he has not had an impact whatsoever in this series. And game two was a lot more competitive than game one. It went down to the wire, but you just had way too much Jimmy Buckets. My man James G. Buckets had his third uh, 40-point game. as member of Miami, tying LeBron James, only a couple behind Dwayne Wade. Uh, Jimmy had 45 points, five assists, five rebounds, went 15 for 25 from the field, went 4 of 7 for three-point range, which is pretty good because he has shot like shit from three-point range and went 11 for 12 free throws. Uh, he just had a great game. He carried that team on his back. Didn't get that much offensive production from anywhere else. I mean, Max Strauss, he put in some good points off the bench, hit three-pointers. Uh, you know, Tyler Hero did what he did off the bench. But overall, he's kind of like a man out there by himself offensively, really putting the team on his back um, to get this win. And this is the kind of Jimmy you're going to get. This kind of changed the landscape of the Eastern Conference. And it's really kind of silly saying that because they were the number one seed. The reason I didn't have them winning the East was because offensively, they kind of feel like they do it by committee. Not that Jimmy can't score, as we saw in really this game, really even game one a little bit, he can score, but he likes facilitating a lot more. If you're going to get the Jimmy, the James G. Buckets to go out there and score, who knows what this team can, what this team can do because you know how much, how good they are defensively. Now, this series is not over. Atlanta has been one of the best home teams in the NBA, actually finishing 23 in their last 23 games at home. So it's going to be a lot lot, uh, different feel over there in Hotlanta. I think Trey is going to be better. They're going to put up a better performance. And they have a chance to get back in this series. But long term, if this is the Jimmy Butler you're getting, Hey man, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight in that Eastern Conference to see who's gonna go to the finals because that team has everything else that you need. This is really just who's gonna be the go-to score at the end. And you know, hopefully we get more of that from Jimmy Butler, man. I really love what I saw um from Jimmy, man. So uh we're gonna uh wrap up this before we get to our interview of the day. Suns and Pelicans, man. I thought this was gonna be a quick sweep four-game series. Now the Pelican, I mean the Suns did what they need to do in game one. Amazing performance by Chris Paul, 30 points, had 19 in that third in that fourth quarter, really uh stopping a, a late Pelicans charge. But game two things got interesting. Game two things got interesting. Uh Brandon Ingram, phenomenal, phenomenal game. 37 points for Mr. Ingram coming off the hot game he had in the playing game against the Clippers. Also putting in nine assists and 11 rebounds. Uh CJ McCullum put in 23, 8, and 9. Um and they also got good production off the bench from Larry Nance Jr., uh, you know, Alvarado, Murphy. It was just a good overall team effort. And they they survived just a barrage from Devin Booker, who put up 31 points in the first half. And then went out there and won that game, even though it was back and forth at the end. But this is where it gets interesting because now Devin Booker missed the second half of that game with a hamstring uh, strain did not look good. He, you know, you could tell from his body language, he didn't look good. And hamstrings are real tricky because they're kind of like the calf injuries that I just brought up with Luca. Cause you really know how long they, you don't know how long they're going to linger. Now, as was reported on Wednesday, he is not expected to play games three or games four it is being reported as a mild hamstring strain. Uh, this series, they don't know. They haven't ruled him out for the rest of the series, and they'll know more when they do further testing uh, on his hamstring. I don't think that Phoenix is in danger of winning, of losing this series. They're still going to beat New Orleans. The problem here is you're not going to win a championship without Devin Booker, which is why the which what the Phoenix Suns are playing for. Made it to the finals last year, lost in six to Milwaukee. They they're trying to get back and win it this time. That's not happening. Without Devin Booker, they really need to hope that this this hamstring is not a deep tear, you no know, a tear or a deep type of strain, because then he's going to be out for a while. 
And you don't want this series to Lincoln. Let's just say the Mavericks do beat the Jazz. You don't want to give them uh, Luka more healing time. You need to go out there and you need to snuff this out real quick and finish this up in five and give Booker more time to heal. Because this goes to about six games, then it gets tricky. And, you know, and Chris Paul, Chris Paul's got to have the, the worst luck on planet, planet Earth. I don't know what the fuck he did in a past life. I mean, we all know how dirty he is on the court. But it's like something always goes wrong with Chris Paul. And as you see in game two, he's now 0-14 in playoff games against Scott Foster. This is not a, a stat I made up. This is a real stat, which is, like, insane when you think about it. Things get tricky now. And I think games three and four in New Orleans, the crowd's going to be ready. Brandon Ingram, they're going to be ready. It's going to be something that now this series is getting tricky. What's it going to do? I think this series might go six now. I think they're going to be able to grab one of those two, you know, you know, get one of those two uh, in New Orleans, win a home game, and then it gets interesting. And we saw in game two, and it's something that Charles Barkley brought up in the inside the NBA post game after game two about how, like, older players, you know, they get tired. You know, he went out there and put up a clinic in game one, but he missed a lot of bunnies in game two. You know, the legs were a little more tired than they were in game one. With this, the health issues that Devin Booker has, and of course, we know Chris Paul's injury with you know history with injuries and hamstrings and thumbs. You want every series to be quick because if we are on the collision course for Warriors Suns Western Conference Final, which I think we all want, this team needs to be healthy. And a team like Pelicans who are young, they ain't got shit to lose, they're surging. That's a problem for them. So it, 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 could, it could get hectic in these next two games. And on the Brandon Ingram front, now I saw this conversation. I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback it. You know, you made the trade for Anthony Davis every day of the week. Anthony Davis is has superstar talent. You know, he won them a championship in the bubble. Now, the thing about this bubble ring, it counts. There's a banner in Staples Center, Crypto.com ring. It counts, whatever. But the way people look at that bubble ring, it's like there's always, you know, they always there's no asterisk. But it, it, there's an asterisk. Let's just keep it real. How people talk about it, not just fans, but the media talk about it. There's always an if. Now, you still do that trade. Every day that we, the Lakers didn't know we were going to get a global pandemic and they were going to be playing in a bubble with no fucking fans and have a four-month break. Nobody knew that shit, obviously. So I'm not going to say that. But, you know, if I was a Lakers fan, maybe I would wonder a little bit what it would be like if we had Brandon Ingram, if we had Lonzo Ball. You know, it's worth it because you won the ring, but is Anthony Davis ever going to be healthy? Is Anthony Davis ever going to play to the level we played in the bubble again? I think those are fair questions to ask if you're a Laker fan or something like that because I don't know what the future Lakers you know holds here. I know New Orleans has a really good future if if Zion even wants to stay in New Orleans, they have a young good future. It's going to be something to you know just think about a little bit, you know, and it's something you know it's probably in the back of their heads a little bit. And, you know, Rob Lincoln still makes the trade, but there's always that what if. You know, when you know when you have the fuck picks or fuck young players mantra, which I stand by. If you have an opportunity to win a championship, you win it. Windows are short in sports. You know, as you see, they won a the championship two years ago, got bounced in the first round last year. This year didn't make the fucking play in. So things happen quickly. So you make the trade, but it's now it's time to pay the price for the trade that you made, man. But it's just been interesting, you know, fun to see Brandon Ingram out there doing this thing on this major st- in major stage, his first ever postseason ex- uh, experience, man. So when we come back, we're going to have the homie Kaz from MSG Networks. We're going to get his opinion on everything that's been going on in the playoffs. We'll talk about talk a little bit about his Knicks. Uh, we'll talk about everything that's been going on in the NFL when we come back here. I'm not going to hold Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to I'm Not Gonna Hold You, man. Time for our guest segment of the day, man. We've got the homie Kaz here, man. Kaz from MSG Networks. Uh, say less with uh, Kaz, with you, Low Key, Rosie, uh, Wale Mania, you know, former WWE writer, long resume, bro. It's uh, it's good to have you on, man. How, how's everything been going for you? Everything's good, man. Uh, you know, just, just dadding right now with, with the old lady and uh just staying busy but not too busy since uh, i don't got no mixed playoffs to cover this year but <laughs> things are all right man things are all right <laughs> yeah d- definitely con- congrats on the kid man for sure man uh it's you and your, your girl man but um let's just uh let's talk about a little bit nfl before we get into you know nba i definitely want to talk about you know the next two because of you know you know i feel like they got a guy in rj so i want i want to talk about that let's talk about uh, it, too but uh nfl man it's been the craziest nfl offseason that Probably I can remember. Like, I've never seen this many, you know, player movement. You know, Brady to sign 
fuck this. I want to come back and, and play again. <laughs> uh, everything that's been going on. What's your take on not just Debo saying he wants to get out, but just the crazy craziness we've been seeing this offseason? I think this is something that's been a long time coming. I feel like, you know, a lot of players in the NFL uh, see sort of the, the, the free market that NBA players get uh, to a lesser extent, major league baseball players get. And, um, you know, they've had, you know, one of the weaker unions in uh, major league sports. So a lot of times the reason why you haven't seen a whole lot of frequent movement or just sort of the sort of freedom that you see a lot of players see is because of that union rights. Right. So um, I think now a lot of the players are starting to see, you know, you're only going to get maybe one or two big contracts your entire career. Right. And, uh, you know, you got to kind of use sort of the rules that the NFL has with their non-guaranteed contracts to your advantage as much as you can. Because, you know, if you had a bad season, like if Debo Samuel stunk it up or Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams stunk it up, they could cut their pay as well. Right. So I guess, you know, now a lot of these athletes and, you know, it's all going to be a domino effect, man. Like as you see quarterbacks putting up these gargantuan numbers and throwing 40, 50,000 yards, uh, uh, you know, in their careers or, you know, the 5,000 in the season, you're going to see these wide receivers get numbers that are going to justify being paid the way they want to be paid. And, uh, you know, you could do it that way. You could pay a big wide receiver and get that money or, you know, try and find somebody a little cheaper, find somebody in the draft. But, you know, they know that it, it, you're, 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 they're highly in demand this year. Yeah. I think last year and the past two years, really, it's been such a wave of young quarterbacks coming into the league that every time you see a young quarterback with some sort of potential, everyone's like, oh, man, if we can get this person here, like we can get like, you know, Devontae Adams here, if we get Tyreek Hill here, you know, they got it for Tua, you know, Debo Samuel's obviously been on the top of the list for the New York Jets. And I know uh, with Zach Wilson, they've been trying to get him a number one target. They got some pretty good targets in the offseason, right. tight ends and whatnot. And Elijah Moore had a pretty good season. Uh, but they need, they need, they want a marquee name for, for Zach uh, Wilson. So I think it's all kind of connected, right? Like it's not just one answer to why this NFL offseason has been as nuts as it has, you know, it's yeah. just the uh, kind of nature of the business right now. Yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, the one thing the NBA had the most like over the NFL was like it was really like a you know 24-7, 365 league. And I think that's what LeBron and them made when they did the Heatles 10, you know, 12 years ago. Now it's crazy. You know, mm -hmm. the NFL is like, I don't know if it'll be to the extent of the NBA because there's so many damn players, but I think we're getting to that level where it's like the Super Bowl ended what three months, three months ago, and we haven't had a break. <laughs> the NFL at all. It's like don't even feel like it's been gone. Like we're already starting, you know, uh, you know, uh the workouts for teams, you know, the Yeah, the already doing all teams the workouts, yeah, you got the pre-draft stuff, and yeah. like you know, that's kind of what the NFL is, man. They want to own the entire calendar. Uh, yeah. as far as the four major sports are concerned. You'd be surprised that they're technically the shortest, but they take up the most like sports uh, life yeah. cycle. You know what I mean? So yeah, like we we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs and boom, one of the top receivers in the league want to get traded. <laughs> it's like it's crazy, man. But you know, and I like what you said about the quarterbacks because it's like you know I even feel like from a quarterback perspective, we see what's going on with Kyler Murray wanting his deal. You know, we Lamar's like he like, we haven't really like he wants his deal. But I feel like we haven't really got that pressure yet like Baltimore yeah. just like we're waiting to pay you what's going on how do you feel like for you know with the how this was set for like younger quarterbacks like you mentioned Zach Wilson or let's just say I'm a Bears fan Justin Fields if he has like his breakout year do you think it's gonna be where guys are gonna want their money quicker now I, I think it's I think so I think right now you see a lot of NFL quarterbacks and you know you know you got three years to show a franchise if you're worth you know the, the, if you're worth it, if you're worth being invested into for the future. And you can, you, you don't got to look that far to see just how long ago we all thought Mr. Trubisky was the answer. And yeah. in my case, how we thought Sam Darnold was the answer. And like, dog, if you don't show yourself, if you don't show something in three years, right? Like, then that, look at Baker Mayfield, who's number one overall pick a couple of years yeah. ago. And now they're like, you, you, you don't know. So, if you've been on the opposite side of that spectrum and you showed that, hey, I'm, I'm more than just a good quarterback. I'm a franchise. Like Lamar Jackson is unquestionably the franchise of the Baltimore Ravens, right? Same right. thing with Kyler Murray, unquestionably the franchise of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you got those three years to show and prove that you're worth the money. And, you know, we've seen what happened with Josh Allen. We've seen what happened with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen all these incredible quarterbacks that have sort of MVP-type seasons. 
get paid MVP type money. And, uh, you know, there's only one or two shots you really get in your entire career. I mean, unless you're Tom Brady, you just play forever. Right. You got the opportunity to really cash in on these opportunities. So uh, I think it's going to lead to a lot of more players getting paid, but it's also going to lead to a lot more uh, hard decisions to make. Like we're seeing what Baker Mayfield. Like I'm not – in the camp of people who think he's like terrible, I thought he was hurt. I thought he. Yeah, I think he's okay. Like this way he's worse worse. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're treating yeah. this dude like he's you know like uh, like twentieth year Vinny Testaverde. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right, like exactly. he's, yeah, yeah, he's not a bad hurt. guy. You know, he's not great, but he's like you can win some games with Baker. He'll win you some games, right? Yeah. Like he'll, he'll go. On, you put him on a good team. He don't gotta be you know the guy, but like he could win you some games. He could he could not lose you some games also, but. It's, it's just crazy what the quarterback market is because that's what really sets everything to yeah. your franchise. And I think, you know, who really and – and I'm sure other teams have done it, but the team that always jumps to mind with me is the, like, the mid-2010s, like, Seattle Seahawks teams yeah. where they were just loaded everywhere else. And yeah. they had Russell Wilson when he was young and cheap, and they could just kind of go out and just spend money on Marshawn and spend money on the Legion of Boom and spend money on everything else. And then when it's time – to pay that quarterback, that's when yeah. you kind of have that catch-22 of, all right, we're going to pay you, but we're going to have to trade Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Right. right. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that if you don't capitalize when the quarterback is young and cheap and you don't have to restructure their rookie deal, that's when you could win. But if you're that yeah. rookie quarterback who's, you know, the sole reason why they're winning, you want your money, and understandably yeah. so. And, like, if you fail, like, you know, with, with the Khalil Mack deals, I always say we did that because Trubisky, you want to see what you can get, like, see if you can get in. That didn't work out. So, you know, they got yeah. some picks for them. So it's better than nothing. But uh, <laughs> let's move to the NBA, man. Let's talk about, of course, you, you work in the MSG Networks, man. Uh, you've been down on the front lines with the Knicks and, you know, all the teams in the, in the, in the, in the NBA. I mean, New York teams. Uh, tell us, how, how has it been, like, being around your favorite team? I know you're one of the biggest Knicks fans on my timeline, <laughs> you know, uh, being around the team and just, you know, coming off the success of last year and things yeah. not really going the way you wanted this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, I always say, like, I, I'm, I would pay them if it was the other way around, right? Like, <laughs> this is sort of just the way I grew up and, you know, the people I get to talk to and be around every day. Like, if you're a New York sports fan and you grew up, you know, living and breathing New York sports, there's really no better place to be at, right? And yeah. just being able to – I was talking to somebody the other day, yesterday, and it was like I went to go do a, um, a panel with uh, uh, Charles Smith, uh, Camille from Slam, and um, I got Kenny who runs Dykeman, and Al Houston was there. And Al Houston comes and gives me a big hug. It was like, oh, man, I'm like, <laughs> what's yeah. my life, bro? Like, Al Houston, like, I, I had this guy's jersey right. growing up, you feel exactly. me? Exactly. So, uh, that being said, I, I love being at MSG, uh, MSG PM, and, and, and the wonderful Monica McNutt. I have, like, the illest co-host that there possibly could be. Um, so it's just fun, man. Like, I would pay them if I had the opportunity, but don't tell them that, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, like, this season was definitely a little challenging. I mean, it could have went a lot better. Uh, but it's not like – like I said, like, I am a lifelong Knicks fan, and I think that sort of levity of where they've been – and yeah. where they are has kind of made me a, made the season just a little bit easier to swallow, right? Like, I've right. seen some really bad Knicks teams in my lifetime, right? And this Knicks team isn't necessarily one of them. They weren't right. good, but they weren't bad, which is probably one of the worst things that you could be in the NBA, which is just yeah, kind mediocre. of mediocre. So, <laughs> yeah. like, you got it. So, you have some some hard choices to make. But one thing I do love about these Knicks, this Knicks team is I think that front office drafted really well. I think, um, you know, with the guys like Jericho Sims and Miles McBride, Quentin Grimes, uh, obviously R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly. It's like those are – that's a pretty solid core of young talent. And you bring yeah. in Cam Reddish, who's got a ton of talent but hasn't been able to really stay healthy. But we've seen sort of glimpses of, oh, okay, like this guy could, could play. So um, I think as far as like young, exciting players, there's – I think – if you take the pulse of like your average Knicks fan, yeah, they're disappointed that the season didn't go the way it was, but like there's a there's a pathway to success here, right? Like right. RJ Barrett stepped up, you know, uh Julius Randle for everything that went on with him this season. Still a 2010 and 5 guy without a real point guard. You feel me? Like you had Alec Burks, you know, God bless him, who was miscast all season and really did what he had to do to kind of, you know, 
alleviate the, the, the Kemper Walker situation, not really working out the way he wanted to, and Derrick Rose being hurt um, to, to play that point guard position. So I'm not one of those people who thinks like, you know, just trade Julius and all the mat and everything just you know, fixes yeah. itself. I, I don't think you're going to easily get 2010 and five just laying out there, especially after this season. Um, but I do think, you know, there's opportunities there. Like if I'm a point guard who isn't necessarily a superstar, but somebody that can, you know, set the table, score, and just kind of do all the right things. And you see that you got pieces there that could be something between Robinson and Toppin and, and, and Barrett and quickly, like there's things there, there's, there's opportunity there. So, um, I'm not, I'm not one of those Knicks fans that are, that are screaming doom and gloom this season. Man. Right. There's, it's, there's it's all about, there. you know, expectations and stuff, you know, and, yes. and that's what I've been telling Bulls fans. Like, you know, it was like, well, we're going to get curb stumped by the Bucks. I'm like, yeah, we are, but yeah. look what we've been the last couple of years. Like, exactly. exactly. I had to watch Denzel Valentine, like for three years. Like, me, it's us like, getting bro, beat God by the guy. God bless Ron Baker, bro. I've seen way worse Knicks teams, man. Trust <laughs> exactly. me. Trust me. You know, exactly, so. man. And I like what you said, too, like being around Allen Houston, because it's like, you know, when, you know, being around these teams, like sometimes you have these what the hell moments. Like, you know, like just last week I was covering a playing game and I'm sitting there eating. Here come Jerry West sit down and eat his ice cream. I'm like, it's the <laughs> fucking logo sitting at the table with me. He's talking and saying hi. I'm like. Like you talking to me like you know, so that kind of stuff like kind of shakes you up a little bit, but it's definitely dope, man. But as we know, just a couple of minutes in with you, I want to talk about the playoffs a little bit, everything yeah. going on. I think this is the most exciting playoffs I've seen in a minute. So many good, you know, potential matchups we've been got going on, all the young guys. Um, what what's the biggest thing you take from it? Like I kind of feel like it's like a change in the guard a little bit, like you know. First time, like, LeBron's not in it. And, you know, Steph and KD, kind of like the elder statesman here. Well, what do you feel about it? Yeah, I think I'm I'm, I'm a roll with you with what you said. I think Steph and KD kind of being the elder statesman right now. And Chris Paul, to a lesser Chris extent. Chris Paul, yeah. Sort of being like this, this the uh, you know, it's – I don't want to say changing of the guard because I think this changing of the guard has been happening for a while. I just think now, you know, we're seeing a lot of the great young talent on a national level that I don't think we've gotten a chance to. I think the world being introduced to Anthony Edwards is amazing. I mean, obviously, yeah. like, hoop heads everywhere or people on NBA Twitter knew very much who Anthony Edwards was. Right. But, you know, just seeing uh, just his – everything about him, outside from just his game, but just his personality has been really cool to see. The Carl Anthony Town story is really dope. I mean, John Morant, who – shot to the national consciousness this season uh, is already sort of like become sort of like the face of the playoffs I, yeah, I right. already, say, like, already yeah. which is nuts, you know, like it's, yeah. it's a weird thing. I don't want to get in like conspiracy theories and none of that stuff, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you got, you got the warriors here who yeah. I think quiet is kept. Like I think uh, uh, one last legacy run with that, with that crew and Jordan pool rising is yeah. a great story. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens with Devin Booker and that injury because I would hate, yeah. hate, hate. That's going to change hate, a lot hate, right hate. there. Yeah. If he, yeah, if he misses some games. You got Ben Simmons waiting in the wings with the Brooklyn yeah. Nets and his Boston Celtics series, which is going to go back and forth. And just the matchups. I mean, the serendipitous matchups from the east to the west uh, just make some incredible stories to tell. Um, and I think what it all comes down to, it, it comes down to like, the real new faces of the NBA. It's going to come down to the Giannis's of the world. It's going to come down to the John Morant. It's going to come down to Devin Booker and his health. It's going to come down to what happens in Brooklyn. It's going to come down. And and all this stuff happening, here's the Warriors. Back <laughs> old. Back, you know, playing like yeah, the Warriors. Back, yeah, back, to, yeah. back to falling asleep and waking up to seeing Charmed on TNT like we used to do <laughs> back in the day. You know, so it's like there's something, there's something warm and fuzzy about right. it to me, about seeing like the Warriors be the Warriors again and Clay being out there, the rise of Jordan Poole. So there's so many incredible stories in the NBA uh, playoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, but man, it's there's just something about Golden State that they got that it's, look in their eye. And I was like, uh oh. That's why I was saying, like, get another one. <laughs> right. It's just like, to me, it's kind of like I compare it to, you know, when the Spurs got Kawhi and yeah. they like added a yes. new dude yes. into their new, you know, core. It's kind of like that. Like, I was watching that, the game too, and I was like, Man, if I was like a Cav fan or something, I'd be having PTSD right now, though. Because like, is... <laughs> it's how it feels. Like that, that's, like they kind of. We I've seen so many Warriors games. It's like yeah. they kind of, they kind of, they they jab you for like the first two halves. It's jab and just touching, touching the reach, and then they bring that line up, 
and it's boom, <laughs> just exactly every single time. Just so a steam like, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting that feeling again with Golden State. Yeah. So who knows? Well, last question. You know, we're talking about Golden State. Uh, just a you know early prediction. Who you got in the finals? Man, I I still I, I love what's going on in the Eastern Conference. I think uh you know the Boston Celtics are extremely riveting. I don't know what we're gonna see with Ben Simmons, but it's just hard yeah. for me to go against the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. right? Like I just think Giannis and that team is just so solid, and they're not gonna beat themselves, and they've been here already. And Giannis is hitting step back threes now and hitting free throws, so it's like good luck, league, right? Man, I threw my remote by two times. Or something. <laughs> like, <"What's going> on? <laughs> exactly, like good, good luck stopping that. So yeah. I think I think it'll make you feel better that your yeah. Bulls will probably lose to them. Well, I, I'll feel better if Demar don't go two for fifty. Uh, right, in, right. Game two. I feel <laughs> exactly. better about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, I got two matchups. I think you know, obviously, I, I got Milwaukee coming out the East, and uh, man, just. The, the Warriors, man, like, I don't know, like, that. I, I don't know if the, the injury in Booker is going to be something serious, whatever, but there's just something about when the Golden State Warriors are just rolling like a like a well-oiled machine. I think yeah. their best is better than everyone else's best, yeah. right? Like, yeah. so if they're playing the way they're playing and Steph yeah, gets another one of them hardwares, <laughs> We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have, have some a little discussion. Conversation. Yeah. <laughs> have there, a discussion. Bro. Yeah, for sure. And then it'd be especially if you get that coveted Finals MVP that everybody won't leave alone. Hey, you know. Hey, then nothing right else there. to say about him, man. But uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us, bro. Let us know where you can we can follow you. Everything you got going on. Let the people know. Yeah, man. Check us out. Say less with Kaz, Oki, and Rosie uh, every Monday on my personal YouTube page, youtube.com slash Kazim or wherever you stream podcasts. You catch me on MSGPM after every Knicks and Rangers game. We'll be back at the beginning of May every day again to do a whole lot of pop culture stuff, which is fantastic. If you like hearing me talk about pro wrestling, you can hear me on the Mass Man Show on The Ringer. Uh, my boy, Dave Shoemaker, uh, fantastic guy, fantastic stuff there. And uh, I think that's all for now. For now. <laughs> That's all for now, but, you know, uh, appreciate you having me on, man. And it's incredible seeing your growth, too, bro. Like, uh, we're like, we're like, uh, I was in the, I was in the Twitter spaces yesterday just seeing all the blog era babies grow yeah, up. Yeah, all the OGs. <laughs> all the OGs. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's really dope to see how everyone's evolved, man. So thank you, man. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it. Definitely, man. Uh, thank you for joining us, man. Of course, bro. Anytime, man. All right, man. Shout out to Kaz for joining us. It's always good to, to have him have you know talk to him about everything going on in the sports world, man. You get in tune with everything he's got going on, man. And let's wrap up this episode. Time for our goofy mug of the week. Uh, I'm going to give this to Philadelphia 76ers fans, man. Y'all are going out sad. This is the thing, man. I understand Joel Embiid is your guy. And Joel's been doing a little bit of this too, campaigning in the media. Well, they hate us guys with Phillies. And I hate when players campaign to the media when it comes to winning awards. It's, it's lame. And you don't help yourself, by the way. Like, and James Harden did the same shit a couple years ago when Giannis won. He was like, well, Giannis only got well, one move. I wish I could just spin and dunk and shit like that. It comes off real haterish. Now, for Philly fans, I saw a lot of y'all going in on Jokic because of performance in game one and game two of the, uh, you know, against the Warriors. Y'all got to stop acting like Joel Embiid has, has just been great in the playoffs. You ain't got to hate or allow Jokic because you want your boy to win the fucking MVP. He has a great chance to win it. I don't know if he will. I think Jokic is going to still do it. But you ain't got a lot, dog. You're going out sad. You're up 2-0 in your series. You know, he's been playing well. He had the chance to get the MVP. We ain't got to tear down Jokic to prop up Embiid. To me, that's more disrespectful to your guy because basically saying like he's not like he needs to be propped up when he don't. His play on the court is more than uh, you know a, a way to show how valuable that he is. He might be the MVP in a couple weeks, but let's stop with the Jokic hate, man. Like I, I just, I just don't. Y'all going out real crazy right now. Just stop. I hate when fans do that shit. And it's also kind of like you know when a player leaves your team, you want to act like this motherfucker was never good. Like our Bulls fans like to do with Jimmy Butler. Stop it. Stop all that corny ass shit, man. So just re- just hope your guy wins. You know, we all got video of Embiid crying after Kawhi sent him home. You know, he wasn't great. You know, he, he he played like shit in that second round series last year when they let it Atlanta come in their house and beat them in a game seven. So I want to hit this shit. We can go to ticky tack back and forth all day when it comes. Neither one of those guys have won anything. 
you know, and, if, and, and you know, if you look at it, Jokic has done a lot more than with less than Embiid has. It just is what it is. And at the end of the day, like I was saying earlier in the show, it is a regular season award. There's nothing to do with the playoffs. Stop it. That's all I got to say about that, man. But that's all I got for y'all this week on I'm Not Gonna Hold You. We'll be back next week. Uh, you know, we'll have another uh, webcam show. You know, I'm not, not in the studio this week because I had, you know, other things I have to take care of. The next week I will be heading. I got a flight right, right after we record. I'll be heading to Vegas to cover the NFL draft. For the Barbershop Network and 7 at the house, so stay tuned with all the coverage we're going to be having for that. But I will be having a show, and then two weeks from now, we'll be back in the studio. Uh, so look out for that. You know to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Barbchair Scott. You know to follow this great company that this uh pride this uh show is on, HB Media at HB Media on Instagram and at HB Media TV on Twitter. You can follow the Barber's Chair Network at, at Barber's Chair Net on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network. You can get all the packages on there for what you want to listen and watch. And shout out to all 50 of y'all who submitted and donated to the uh 79th and Hallis NFL Draft Fund. Uh, we pretty much almost got everything we need. We're going to keep the fun up till Friday. If you do want to donate, the link will be in the description box. We appreciate all y'all. And even if you can't donate money, a tweet, an IG post, a like, anything will help us out tremendously. Me and my brother, Foles, we appreciate y'all for all your love and support, man. We're going to go out there. We're going to buy it for y'all. So y'all have a great week. Enjoy the rest of these playoffs. Uh, you know, enjoy baseball. Enjoy everything. And I'll holler at y'all next week. Triple, double hat. Go.